from Television City in Hollywood. Welcome to the third installment of the Keep It To Yourself podcast 2019 year in review. Now, I decided to give you a little break from interviews to release a full episode of this podcast. Or as full as I can get, I'm going to take the football out. And this is where I did one of the earliest social media events, happenings, whatever you want to call it, of the year going by. And that was the 10-year challenge. That means you had to take a picture of yourself from 2009 and compare that to a picture from 2019. See how much you age in the decade. Well, I did something like that, but I decided I'm going to take it one step further and give you part of a quote-unquote diary that I kept in 2009 to show you how my life was long before podcasts and grief and all this stuff. So I present it to you mostly intact, and here it is now. Welcome to episode 69 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt. The man the hour, woo, too sweet to be sour, Jack. And I'm coming to you from Bullet House as we brace for Snowpocalypse 2019. I'm recording this on Saturday, a rare Saturday record session here, the 19th of January, 2019. Nothing really to shout out. I didn't even do a tease, but I did lead off with a menacing piece of music, while well, menacing in the lightest possible terms, or air quotes even. And as for those of you who are listeners who live in the state of Maine, you certainly know what that music's about. I'll leave you to figure it out. Everybody else can go Google it. Anyway, let's get to my social media before we get ourselves in an already deep hole of snow than I usually am. You can follow me on Twitter at 518 underscore bull, Instagram at Jason underscore 51838. There's also the Keep It To Yourself podcast Facebook page. That's where I put out new episodes when they become available. Absent a tease at the beginning of this episode, which I've been wanting to do for several months, I'm going to give you the tease right now. If you've been on social media and who hasn't, you've probably seen this thing called the 10-year challenge or how hard has aging hit you. Well, we're going to take another trip into the Wayback Machine, but not as far as last time. Go back to episode 45 for our first hardcore trip in the Wayback Machine. We're going to go back to 2009 in a sense. And you're going to get a little glimpse into what your humble host's life was like back in those days. Ah, 2009, those heady, whirly, swirling days when Obama was in office and all was good with the world. Or at least it seemed that way. A world that seemed destined to last, as Frank Sullivan once said. 
We'll get to that in just a moment. I already gave my social media teases. And I got to give a shout out to my fellow Northeasterners. I'm going to work to get this episode out to you so you can have something accompanying you when the storm actually does hit. We're expected to get somewhere above 18 feet. I mean, 18 inches. Whoa, 18 feet. That would be something else entirely. But we're about to get a foot and a half of snow. At least that's what the weatherman says around this joint. So there you go right there. Hopefully I'll keep you company, especially if the storm causes you to lose electricity, which I'm hoping to God it doesn't. It's going to be a mostly snow event. This is going to be the dry, fluffy type of powder. Not the real heavy, wet, gloppy stuff, but I know some places could be dealing not just with snow, but snow and also some ice worthy of an ice storm. Ooh, don't mention that to me, please. Had some flashbacks to 12 years ago this very weekend around here, and of course 10 years ago last month. The latter of which I know all too well. But that's another story for another time. Not much happened in the week that was. This is like the holiday blues, if ever there was any. You know, this is like trying to grip with the January blahs as much as I can. So I've been pretty busy, I've been working, but I do have one noteworthy event from the week that was. And so, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 2019, I present to you Tales of Franklin Alley. Well, this was the first visit since the one-year anniversary party. I teased in the Holiday Shitfest episode at the end of 2018 that I was going to do year-in-review trivia. Well, that didn't happen because one of my trivia mates got sick. She had family over dealing with kids. She doesn't have kids herself, but other members of her family do, and kids can cause you to get sick in a sense. And So no trivia to wrap up 2018, but after two weeks idle because the owners were on vacation in Aruba, lucky bastards, no offense, Frank and Heidi, we hope you had a good time. It was back to Franklin Alley this past Wednesday as I record this. And we had ourselves a ripping good time as always. Frank was not there because he was out balling at Emma Willard School in Troy. So Heidi was in the kitchen. Mackenzie was running the show. She's nearing her last semester being a dental hygienist or at least on the road to being a dental hygienist. So it was kind of a different feel. Also, Joe, the bartender, wasn't there. So Steph, who I mentioned in the last episode of 2018, she was tending bar that night, so it was all females all the time running the show at Franklin Alley Social Club. Well, we had our usual good time. We won the shots, shot, shot, shots, but that's the only round we actually won all night. Rock, paper, scissors decided it. I got to let the people in on a little secret here with trivia. Let them behind the curtain, if you will. Everybody, every team... In trivia, was tied after the first round. Easy peasy, Japanesey. And when that happens, there's a carryover into the next round. And when the host determines there's a reasonable amount of teams to do it, they will decide the rounds with a tiebreaker of rock, paper, scissors. Got gypped out of social tots and also swag from the presenting sponsor. But at least we got the shots. To us, that's the round that matters. Anything with alcohol. So Trevi will be back next week as usual as we get back into things at the beginning of 2019. But there will also be an NHL 94 tournament, that classic game. I remember having that on Sega Genesis. That was the SH. 
However, I will not be participating in that because I got work the next morning. So there you go right there. And on that note, that wraps up Tales of Franklin Alley, the first of the new year. And now it's time to go back in the Wayback Machine for a trip back in time, thanks to your humble host. Ladies and gentlemen, our main attraction of the afternoon or the evening or morning or whenever you're listening, we go back to 2009. What's there to say that hasn't been said already? You know the man's resume. He's been to all these Super Bowls. It is insane the amount of times the New England Patriots have been in the AFC Championship game. I believe this is the eighth consecutive year in a row they've gotten this far in the playoffs. And, of course, there's Pat Mahomes, the young quarterback, the rookie for Kansas City. Well, I did read a piece saying that this is the end of the Patriots dynasty. Well... Guess what? The Super Bowl is going to be youth versus veteran leadership. I'm going to say in a stunning upset, the Kansas City Chiefs over the Patriots. So KC versus New Orleans. So we're not going to get B-roll of Super Bowl 36 or that high-scoring game on Monday Night Football, the Monday before Thanksgiving. So there you go. Well, here we are, gang, back in 2009. I just want to give you a little context at where your boy Biz was way back in those days. I was working at a company known as Affiliated Computer Solutions, which would later be merged into Xerox and now spun off to my current employers. I was living in Saratoga Springs at the time. I was daily braving long commutes. And this is during the winter time when this all took place. So it'll be 10 years ago next week this all went down. I'm about to read to you. I just got my Moleskine notebook, which I bought a year earlier. Did not use for the whole of that year. And now here I am reading a page out of it 11 years later. I didn't use it for a whole year. And now here I am with the very first entry in that notebook. Oh, for my 20s, let me tell you. Well, there were times when my sister would offer me logic. I had to ask beforehand so they could get everything ready and make sure everything was topo and spiffing. So whenever a storm hit... On a day when I would be working, I would just ask them to stay o- if I could stay over. A little stutter step, never mind. And I would. I would just pack a bag with me, and then I wouldn't go home. They would serve me dinner. They would provide lodging, entertainment, that whole bit. I had a little duffel bag full of like uh, crossword puzzles and other divertments when I would go to the guest bedroom and just while away the time before going to bed and. I would have a portable TV. This is when analog TV was still a thing, folks. Later on in 09, it would all be gone. I have a little uh, two, three-inch color television with a set of earbuds. A little foreshadowing. Hint, hint. And also, Mom and Dad were going on vacation. They would be going down to Carolina. They would be going down to Florida. Actually, Florida was their main destination. So I was left to tend the house all by my lonesome. 
We wouldn't have a dog for another three years. Our pet beagle Rudy had passed away over a year earlier. So it was just old lonesome Joe McGee at the house. So I'm about to give to you a little peek of my life as it was 10 years ago, long before podcasting. And sadly, when both my parents were still alive. Well, one's still living, the other is gone now. You already know who it is if you've listened all this time. So here we go. We start this diary on the weekend of January 24th, 2009. A busy first weekend for the Beezer. That's what I called myself back in those days, kinda. As he saw the parents off on vacation to Florida. Hugged Mama and Papa Beezer at the Wilton Denny's just before 7 a.m., and then went back to the house to check email and kill some time before going down to the new site. That was my new work site where, well, I currently work and have been since when I wrote this, sometime later. The night before, I had stopped at the area thereof on the way home so I could make sure I knew where to go. This was before GPS and smartphones and all that. The first training session was more of an orientation than anything else. But I was able to try out the new processing system for myself, and it was interesting and different between that and what we use now, image-based versus paper. After the session ended at 2 p.m., it was off to my sister's house, where I hung out with her, her husband. This is long before my nephew came around. This is three years B.H. before Hunter. And their two dogs, now deceased, and watched TV, Food Network, and Robin Big on MTV2. Rest in peace, Big Black before they took me out to Chili's. After a meal of honey chipotle chicken crispers, my diet was a lot different back then than it is now. It was back in a freezing Nissan Versa. That was my car back in that time. I would later switch to a Kia Soul, and I've been driving Kias ever since. And my first night without the parents. Well, house-sitting. I'm going to edit some of this out. There's some details I'll have to explain, but I'm going to edit some stuff out. Speaking of whom, they call from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I inform them of the death of Kay Yao. Yao was a longtime women's head basketball coach at North Carolina State who fought two battles with cancer, the last of which ended in a losing cause, sadly. Parents or no, downtown and Caroline Street were calling. That was my spot back in the day. And that's where I headed. I spent a good deal of time at the Borders Bookstore looking for a book called Street Gang about the history of the long-running children's TV series Sesame Street. Different times back then. Well, I didn't really know anybody back in those days, but I later joined Facebook and I started reconnecting with people from high school and people with I look forward to hanging out with on a regular basis. A good 20 to 30 minutes of searching was unsuccessful and thus to Caroline Street I went and then back home for a good night's rest. Sunday morning saw me up earlier than usual on that day, between 6.30 and 7 a.m. to put on the coffee, turn up the thermostat, and see if the newspaper had arrived. The Times Union. A busy morning and early afternoon began with 9.30 Mass at St. Clement's Church, which ran longer than usual because of the beginning of Catholic Schools Week, and the Mass was well attended by students and faculty of the parish school. I had told Grandma and Aunt Mary... We were still speaking to Aunt Mary at that point. Grandma is also deceased. She passed five years later, May of 2014. I told Grandma and Aunt Mary that I would meet them at Benson's Restaurant. This is a little restaurant at the corner of Routes 22 and 67 near Hoosick Falls, Eagle Bridge, out in rural Rensselaer County. 
I would meet them at Benson's around noon, so with the mass running long, I bolted after communion, headed home to take care of a small personal matter, and then headed on my way to Benson's. Grandma and Aunt Mary arrived before I did, and both a good time and meal were had by all. I had a chicken teriyaki burger and for dessert cheesecake from the nuns of New Skeet Monastery, which was delish. New Skeet Monastery is over in Cambridge, or right outside. After receiving a gift of carrot cake, the three of us parted ways, they for North Adams, Massachusetts, I for home by way of Route 67, Valley Falls, Scattercoke, and Stillwater, and of course Mechanicville too. That would come up later on. It's near where I live nowadays. Before my arrival, I stopped at the Wilton Target to use up the gift card I got the week before from Aunt Mary, I think. Despite a $12 plus overage, I got a 2 gigabyte flash drive and the first season of Get Smart on DVD. All in all, a good day. Alright, on to the 26th of January. Super Bowl week, by the way. The first work day without mom and dad had me taking the view, my dad's car, Saturn view, to work instead of the Versa, which I used for work on Saturday and for church on Sunday, because of an impending snowstorm on Wednesday. This after it was originally going to be a quiet week weather-wise. Such is the weather in upstate New York. Well, after getting the mail and having dinner after I got home, I opted to go work out at the gym driving my car this time around. Things were going well when all of a sudden the tire pressure monitor light came on. That drove me nuts, let me tell you. Fearing the worst, I immediately turned around and went home. After consulting Dad on the matter, he told me to check the pressure and I later found out that the left rear tire had gone down to 24 PSI, pounds per square inch. Dad told me I'd have to take the view until someone could come up to take care of it. Alright, Tuesday the 27th. Another day at the office not worth writing home about, except for the fact that I got some weekday training in. A good two hours worth. I left the new site at 6 o'clock in the evening, headed for Tracy's house, an American Idol from Jacksonville, Florida. That was on Fox back in those days. Wednesday the 28th. Sick time was burned today as my sister advised me against heading to work in the weather. After accompanying my brother-in-law to his workout place and to CVS, though I really should have stayed inside, we came in and stayed for the day. The afternoon and evening brought the end of the storm, a long Nintendo Wii session. I got my own Wii for Christmas that year. American Idol from Utah and a brief gust of wind. But fortunately, no serious issues, it has power failures, etc., arose. Thursday the 29th. Frustration in the afternoon as I headed for a four-hour training session, originally slated for three, but I advised my supervisor that I'd make up the lost time as the week wore on. As soon as I had arrived, another supervisor told me that there was some miscommunication, and thus I was advised to head back to the current site. Now at that time, the place where I was daily tortured was in this giant building. It wasn't like a skyscraper, it was actually a disused facility. I think it was used by Sears. But then it became workspace. There was a state agency there many years ago. That's where they were working, my employers at the time, when I came on board sometime after I graduated college. I've been there quite a while, as you can tell. 
provide a little context here. Anyway, back to the diary. After a good 24 to 36 hours in Clifton Park, it was great to be back up North County in the old hometown, Saratoga that is. To celebrate my triumphant return, I treated myself to a cheesesteak sandwich. Thus, it was off to the Liberty Bell on Henry Street and a Cajun whiz wit along with a tasty cake cherry pie. That Liberty Bell place on Henry Street, I don't know what taken the place of it in the intervening years. It was so many things. But that was a really great restaurant. It only lasted about a year. But God dang it, they had some good stuff. Best cheesesteaks I've ever had. Nothing's come close since then. The sandwich was messy, but it sure went down good. Three days worth of mail saw thank you cards from Grandma and Aunt Mary, replete with scratch cards. Not a winner on any of them. Went grocery shopping as usual, then the net in bed. I now do grocery shopping on the weekends. I used to go during the week. Because that's how it was growing up. Mom and I went on Wednesday. I tagged along more often than not. How times have changed. Friday the 30th of January. My first week came to an end with training, for reals this time, from 2 until 6 in the evening. As I had gotten into the car, it was already snowing, and by the time I reached exit 6 of the Northway, Interstate 87, the situation had worsened as the snow fell heavier. Around exit 10, though, all became quiet. On the way home, I used the hands-free dialing feature to call Aunt Mary. At first, she thought it wasn't a good idea to call from the car, but I had to tell her that I was not using my cell phone, but rather the car's phone, so she was okay. Alright, on to the second weekend. January 31st to February 1st. Another busy weekend, this one more so than last weekend, began before 7 o'clock in the morning as yours truly decided to clear the front walk of snow after being ankle deep in it yesterday morning while out to get the paper. It took a good 15 to 20 minutes, but it was clear as I could get it. For my brother-in-law's arrival, he was going to help out with the car. Jim, my brother-in-law, as I've already mentioned, was coming up to see if he could help fix my tire problems. After a strictly keying Saturday session, it was off the Chowderfest in downtown Saratoga Springs. The event, the 11th edition thereof in 2009, which makes it hard to believe that this year's 2019 will be the 21st, features local restaurants serving up, what else, various chowders. This was my first experience, and I found out that despite a down economy, which it was at that time, the Great Recession was full steam, people still want to get out. The night before, I printed out the ballot, and with the other half of scrap, I wrote down which locations to hit up for chowder. A half cup portion only cost $1, so I could eat well and not shell out the GDP of Tajikistan. The first place I had wanted to try or go, really. My crossed out try wrote go. So the first place I had wanted to go was the Stadium Cafe on Broadway. But a long line greeted me, like at Circus Cafe across the way. Downtown's a lot different now than it was 10 years ago. Downtown Saratoga Springs, that is. So it was off to Caroline Street and Esperanto to lead off. For a small joint like the home of the Doughboy, it sure was packed as many ate what they called landlubbers chowder, which consisted of okra, I think, chorizo, and roasted corn, along with a tortilla chip for garnish. Not a bad start. Esperanto's nowadays is where the paddock lounge is. They've since moved into a bigger location, right next door. Actually, next door to the Tin and Lint. 
The main attraction, in my opinion, came at a first-time entrant, the aforementioned Liberty Bell and their cheesesteak chowder. It was a bit slippery walking towards Henry Street, and conquering a snowbank seemed like climbing Mount Everest, but I made it and their chowder was so good it became the clubhouse leader as I went past the library to Phyla Street. A little more slip-toe through the tulips down Phyla Street, but this was the area where I would finish off my day, as that was where most of the places I would go were located. First off was the legendary Cafe Lena, a coffee house and performing arts venue, since expanded in the intervening years, that has operated since 1958. They served their chowder outside, and I soon repaired to the nearby inside area. I didn't exactly know what was in their chowder, but it was rather watery, so I declared it to myself the worst of the three I had sampled up to that point, with the sound of a sea shanty ringing in my ears. Hattie's was right nearby, but like at Stadium Cafe and Circus Cafe before, there was a line out the door, so I quickly abandoned my hope to get all seven names on my ballot. However, you needed at least five places for the ballot to count, so two more places would make it official. A raucous environment awaited me at Peabody's, where I had New Orleans spicy shrimp chowder, and it lived up to its billing. Halfway through, I couldn't eat anymore, so it was next door to Bailey's Cafe. The maitre d' told me that their chowder fest entrance was located on Putnam Street inside their summer outdoor dining area. Two choices here, New England clam chowder or pumpkin bisque for the vegetarian set. I opted for the former, and it was among the best of the pack. With the minimum reach, it was time to polish off the day with a trip to Ben & Jerry's, where I received a dessert chowder, which was actually a scoop of ice cream, and good ice cream at that. Homeward bound after a busy morning and afternoon, so a phone call to Jim, who drove my car to the Hess station and filled up the tire using the air pump there, though the TP light stayed on. Tire pressure, not toilet paper. After dinner and some more downtime, it was off to see if the light could go off. A drive to Denny's for turtle cheesecake, not what you think, but delicious, and the Hannaford's for an 11th hour pickup for my sister's Super Bowl gathering, then home and to bed later on. Sunday saw yours truly head off the church for 11.15 mass, but inability to find good parking led me to abort the mission, and instead it was off the lens crafters, but that wasn't open, so it was homeward bound. Then in the afternoon it was off to my sister's for her Super Bowl party. I had packed two nights worth of clothes because late last week there was talk of another big snowstorm which turned out to be mostly prattle. Food Network and Journey with some Asian swinger instead of Steve Perry like back in the day helped in the lead up to the big game. As for the game itself, it didn't look like much after three quarters, but Arizona got in its groove as Kurt Warner hit Larry Fitzgerald for a huge touchdown run to give them a 25-22 lead. However, Ben Roethlisberger led a memorable late fourth quarter drive, Roethlisberger being the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, that ended with a San Antonio Holmes touchdown grab for the ages as Pittsburgh clinched their sixth championship 29-25. Alright, Monday the 2nd of Feb, Groundhog Day. Unlike Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, the movie, I did not wake today to the strains of Sonny and Cher's I've Got You, Babe, but rather Don Weeks on WGY and the sight of Jim opening his presents for me and the rents. Week number two solo was underway, but after I got home and called Mom and Dad, I was in for quite a surprise.
I found out from them that they were at exit 15 headed for home. They told me that they were worried about the storm that really wasn't, especially an ice storm in Kentucky and parts of Virginia where almost two and a half times as many people as the ice storm we had back around mid-December lost power. Though it had been cut short deliberately, I enjoyed my time by myself. When the rents go on vacation to Florida again, they should say that they're going away for a week. But then again, they might come back after three days, if not that weekend. Well, the following year, they went on vacation right about that time. And I joined them, unfortunately. We went to the Caribbean for 10 days. Went to Puerto Rico, went to St. Martin, went to St. Thomas, Tortola, Antigua. Not necessarily in that order, but I had a wonderful time. It was truly memorable. Of course, after my mom retired, they managed to take their vacation time in the summer. By that time, I was more mature enough to take care of business here at the house. They only went during the summertime. Ah, what days those were. Well, there you have it. A trip back into the past in more ways than one. Hopefully by now you'll have listened to the New Year's portion of our holiday shit fest and you enjoyed that. That hopefully will have dropped between now and then, or will have been recorded at least. We hope to get that out by New Year's Day 2020. We'll have a couple more episodes to come in this year-end retrospective, so stay tuned for those. In the meantime and in between time, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.